Hey, what is up? And welcome to another episode of The Clackbox. I'm your host, Cody Clackler. And I'm very excited today because I have a very special guest. Um, it's either one of my top 10 guests, this being episode 10. So I can say that. But if you are listening on any platform, please, the heart of this podcast is to interact and for you to ask questions for us to learn together. So I love a dialogue. Whether you're on iTunes, leave a review, rate us high, that would be awesome. Comment, Google Play, Spotify, or any one of your favorite podcast apps that you are using. Yes, so we are here. And today I've asked this guest, um, him and I talk often, it is my father-in-law, Skip Kalb. He is here. And uh, one of the reasons that I was so excited to invite him onto the podcast and to ask him about it is because I respect him so much. I look up to him. He is a great father. He is a great husband, a great man of God. And uh, actually had a conversation about him last night and just his, um, how much he prays and his emotional health, how, what a man of God he is. And so I'm interested to ask him questions. And at the same time, as I get interested in that, God's put something on his heart. So if you could welcome my father-in-law, Skip, clap in your car, say hello. Maybe after that introduction, we should just uh, pray and go home. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's that, that. Yeah, there's there's your encouragement for the day. <laughs> um, yeah. So at the same time that we were talking, God put something on your heart. He did, and let me just start and thank you so much for that gracious introduction. And I am uh, Cody's proud father-in-law. Uh, just a little bit about myself, and I'm not going to do a big you know life history, but I have been retired myself from the BNSF Railway for about two years now. Hard to believe that. And in my role at the BNSF, I dealt with real estate projects and worked on projects like the Alliance Intermodal Center, which many people may have seen in the Metroplex here, DFW and Chicago and Kansas City. But what God has put on my heart, Cody, in the last few weeks, actually, is that while those projects are, are good projects and they benefit people, they're physical and they will pass away eventually. And what God put on my heart, Cody, was to, at the age of 67, soon to be 68 in a few short weeks, deal with things that will last and be eternal. And the way this worked was I had a gentleman, a strong believer in our church, and he was 60 years old, and he approached me that he was coming up on retirement age. He was a little concerned that he didn't know when he should retire, what he would do after retirement, and he was really struggling with what he was going to do after retirement, primarily. And so he came up to me, raised these concerns, and we, we had a very brief conversation about that, Cody. I told him I would pray for him about it. And then when I got home, God put this on my heart that I could share my experiences of my life and having been through retirement and wrap that in a biblical perspective. And let me say at the outset, I am not a theologian. I have not been to seminary. I've been a Christian my whole entire life. Uh, I've been attending uh, Bible church the last 20 years and have learned a lot through that. So the way this came up, and we'll get into this shortly here, is a series of life events based on my experiences wrapped in a biblical perspective, and they're gonna be called Life Experiences by the Book. And by the, when I say by the book, it's capital T for the and capital B for the book. And when I looked that up this morning on the way over here, when definitions are the same, by the book, it means doing something strictly by the rules. And the rules in this instance are the Bible. 
And, you know, the Bible is the greatest book ever written, telling the greatest story ever told about the greatest man mm. who ever lived. And so, yeah, it is the rules. And people will say, well, Skip, that sounds fairly dogmatic. And what I would say back is, yeah, well, the truth is that way. These are rules for right living. And uh, in that regard, I've got some statistics on Bible reading. Yeah, and talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's what I told you this before was we were talking. What's really interesting about this is that we're going through a series on the Bible right now uh, in student ministry. So it's something I've been kind of studying too. And I think what's what I like about this in this conversation and your whole series is the culture that we live in now is this whole. There's no universal truth, and no one can apply their universal truth or their truth to me right? Like I, I create my own truth. We call that a, and I call it like the, the golden corral of truth. And, and, and even in this, and I'm sure we'll get into this over this series and maybe even today. And I told this to my freshman boys, small group. Sometimes we avoid reading scripture because we know it's going to tell us something we don't like. And that's actually really healthy for us. So as we get into this, you're going to say things that probably ruffle my feathers a little bit. And I'm okay with that because you're saying it out of scripture. I mean, you've got your Bible right there. And so I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited for me to learn. So yeah, let's go some some stats on this. Yeah, back on what you just said, Cody, this whole series by the book that we're going to discuss here and in future sessions is as much for me, as you said, it is for you. It's as much for me as it is for other people. But the word truth in... uh, using the Bible in the Greek has three different meanings. One meaning of the word truth means to slay an animal. Another meaning is to, is to wrestle by grabbing the other person by the throat. The third meaning is a humiliation of a criminal by parading them down through the public square. And so the truth will slay you, you will wrestle with it, and it will actually humiliate you to the extent you, to the extent you don't believe that you are following the truth of God. And, and that, that one's true of the Hebrews verse where it says it's alive and active and it will cut past, past, but it will separate bone and marrow and cut you. Exactly. So uh, some of the statistics, you know, this whole country, the United States was founded on the Bible. We have in God we trust on our currency. We have it in the halls of Congress and other buildings in Washington, D.C. Yet the country has become fairly Bible illiterate. And I say this not from my own perspective, but I, I got this off of a, Facebook site from one of our pastors at our church, he quoted a Gallup poll, and it said that less than one half of the population of the country can name the four Gospels. Whoa. Less than half the country can name more than three disciples. Uh, 12%, this is kind of, you know, a sad but true thing, 12% of those surveyed said, thought that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. <laughs> I, I don't know, sad but true. That's a... <laughs> And 50% of graduating seniors from high school uh, think that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. So, you know, this is, you know, where we're at. And nine of, here's the, the encouraging part, though, of the Gallup poll f- found that nine to 10 households do own a Bible. 87% own a Bible mm. in households, according to the American Bible Society. And, uh, Two-thirds, here's the really encouraging part, and which I, what I hope can be of benefit through your podcast and through this particular series, is that two-thirds, or 66%, express a level of curiosity about the Bible, and 50% of the people surveyed 
wonder how the Bible would apply to their lives. Wow, that's a high number. That's higher than I would have thought. It's higher than I would have thought as well, Cody. So, you know, there is a need-centered gospel, and I won't quote it, but I, I would encourage you or your, your followers to check Second Timothy uh, 3, verses 1 through 5, and uh, you'll find that pretty uh, telling in this regard. But and I have, I've, I'm, I'm going to admit something here. I've, I've been too passive. Uh, I'm, I'm a conflict avoider by nature. But again, at my age, uh, the God has put on my heart that you know, passivity of men, particularly in men, is, uh, is not an option. You know, you look at the fact that it's so easy uh, to follow the culture and, you know, f- reading your Bible, following biblical principles, it's hard. It, it's a struggle. And, and let me say at the outset, I'm, I'm a sinner just like everybody else and trying to struggle well, but it takes effort. And uh, it's something that provides uh, lasting meaning and, and value for, for us and our, and our family. So this is why I've taken on this, this, this challenge. I, I love it. And I, I think what's, what's interesting is I think is we have more people, I, I, some stuff that I've read is that we have more people looking for the truth and looking for spiritual truth than we ever have. But I think that's also because it's more open. And so for us to come back to, and, uh, to, to scripture, to God's word, right? Absolutely. And you stop and think about it. People who either, uh, are agnostic or don't want to deal with, uh, Christianity or biblical principles, you step and think about what, what part of it is, is wrong. Well, you have a loving, creating God who created us, right? Who wants the best for us and teaches us in his word the, the way of right living. And when we fail that, he sent his son to become a man and to die and bleed and suffer for us, which we'll be celebrating here the next few weeks over Easter holidays weekend. And that uh, to do that, then we would be uh, reconciled to God and, and, and be able to live in heaven and reconciliation with him for the rest of our lives in eternity. What part of that is wrong? There, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. And if, even if you didn't believe that is true, it, it should be. It's just, it just makes no sense to me that people wouldn't follow that. And, and I think the idea of it is great. They're like, yeah, great. But it comes into walking it out because what exactly. what it means in everything that I have to submit or, you know, leave my pride and I want you messing with my eternity, but I don't want you messing with my, my exactly. physicality right now. And I think that's the, that's the issue. And that's what I'm excited about this because we have looking over your, your list here. It's like, these things make sense, but they're scripture based. And that's, and I think that's, that's the merge of that. I'm looking for spiritual truth. Where does that come from? And so, um, and also as we've been studying the Bible a lot lately, what we've been discovering in student ministry in my own life and through a couple of friends that I've had through conversations is what's amazing about the Bible is it is alive and active. It's crazy how you walk into, you walk into church and all of a sudden, Oh, that's exactly what I'm dealing with. How does it do that? You know, how does God make that work? And then, um, the Bible isn't its own apologist. Because if it was, it wouldn't be able to stand on its own two feet. That it's it's a historical document as much as it's a spiritual and, document. And it's the most verified document in the history of man as well. And it's not even close. Which is another story for, for another day. But you're exactly right. And again, back to your point, it, it's easy to not bow the knee. You know, mm. it's easy to be passive and think that things are going well with you. And, and as that happens, you, you see the continual decline of the culture. And you start thinking, man, I got to worry about my kids, my grandkids. 
and you, you have to stand up for what you believe is right and people will either you know be led in the way god will lead them or they won't but at least you've done your part in sharing the gospel that's awesome so so today we have a topic that i think i'm excited to ask questions about because i think a lot of people um and i'm, I'm still looking over this because I, I have a question that's not covered in this and we'll get to that okay. um about this that i think a lot of people my age aren't thinking about retirement but i can i kick off why i'm excited to hear you talk about this sure okay so Your you podcast yeah so you retired <laughs> uh, that's true you retired um two and a half three years ago a little over two okay uh and you know your two kids and and amy and i as the as the in-laws were like there's a little bit of this like yay finally <laughs> right and i'm sure you were yay finally and your wife donna ray was kind of like yay finally um even though you loved your job and you were great at it so here's why i'm intrigued and i've never talked to you about this and i'm gonna just jump off the cliff because i'm just that kind of guy so we're at your retirement party and it was awesome downtown fort worth a lot of fun right and uh your wife asked me to say a few words seems like yesterday actually and so I said a few words and there were some other people that said a few words and I felt really good about making a bunch of people laugh in the room. So, you know, a bunch of people that are really smart and big wigs or whatever. And then you get up and you decide to talk at your retirement party and you, and this, this is one of the highlights of my life. You threw a picture of Tate up on the screen after you've spent a few minutes talking about all the great things and what you feel like your career and you threw this picture of Tate up and then you said, and none of it was worth it. None of the sacrifices, none of this, because th this is what's important. And you started in front of your peers and colleagues and people, bosses and all this stuff your whole life. You kind of just said, <laughs> I, it's not, it wasn't worth it. And I, and I was, my mind was blown that you did that. Like I, it was, it was like the audience to do that too in that moment. But I was like, that's God let the Holy spirit let him to do that. And so I'm intrigued because I've been looking over this and, and to hear you talk about some of the misnomers of retirement and all that. I'm excited because I feel like that's the heart that God has given you, especially for this topic and these other topics, what's actually worth it. Because there was a season of you saying a closure of a season and looking back and going, was what was worth it and what wasn't. And, and I need, as a, as a young man, kind of young man, need to hear what is worth it and what's not worth it. Because I think we all have a tendency to gravitate to our priorities, priorities being out of line. We don't gravitate to our priorities being in line. So I'm interested to just shut up and listen to you talk. Oh, well, that, that's fine, and I, and I appreciate that. <clears throat> No, and I appreciate that, Cody, very much. And, you know, it, obviously the career was worth it in terms of, you know, God provided me with a great opportunity to provide for you know, my family. Absolutely. Et cetera, et cetera. And, but as I said at the opening, uh, those things that I worked on are physical. For example, one of the first projects I worked on with my boss in Oklahoma City was to locate a General Motors assembly plant. Well, that plant is now closed and gone. And mm. out. So it's gone. And so what this first series has started me thinking about as I said at the beginning is working on things that are eternal and not physical and, and uh, I've got some I got to catch up 
because I've got much time left. So I got to got to get going here. Okay, so so retirement. So we've got you've got and your whole premise is ten things, right? So we have these different topics. So you have. I'm going to try to do this in a standard format, just because that's kind of the way I am. So I'll probably do this. On you each, and your daughter. Each topic, uh, we'll have 10, 10 points that God, and it's amazing. This wouldn't have been the first uh, chronologically, Cody, the way I would have done it, but this is the first one that was put on my heart and, and got me thinking about doing a series. So that's why you wouldn't think retirement would be the first one out of the shoot. But that's why it is. It just was the first one that, that God put on my heart. Anyway, it'll be 10 points that uh, got put on my heart, and I've got coming attractions if we want to talk about it. I've got the next one about dental education and the next one leadership. And it's just amazing how I just sit down, I pray about it, and God just, I just write. He writes through me. Hmm. Put these 10 topics down, and then we find that Scripture relates to each of those. And then some, and, and there is a lot of good material out there on a lot of these topics. I'm not, you know, anything special. You can find a lot of topics on each of these, uh, information on a lot of these topics. But the other thing I do, I think it's a little different, is I'm going to write a poem about each. Hmm. And as you know, I've written poems for our family, and I'm, gonna, I'm doing more of that. And God puts that on my heart as well. So I've got a poem about this one, and I think that might relate a little bit more to people than just looking at a list of 10 scriptures. Yeah. Maybe it'll pull them both back to it, and maybe it'll be something that'll stick in their mind. So awesome. My, my hope is not only will this be helpful to me, but if we can just reach one person that gets back in their Bible and, and, and says, you know what? This is this is this is good stuff. I, I need to read this. I need to share it, and it'll be worth it. I believe it'll be alive to them, and right where they're at, and because that's how the Holy Spirit works. So let's let's go. Retirement by capital T the capital B book. What's number one? Number one, and this may come up in a lot of different uh, aspects, is, is you pray about it. Anytime you have a life. Uh, journey crossroads it is important that you pray about it and you realize that this is not the end in terms of retirement this is not the end of your life uh, for someone who has worked or did work for uh, 41 plus years in the railroad and it's very interesting I worked in the railroad same railroad same department for 41 years that just doesn't happen anymore no now people change different you know, genres, let alone the same department, same company. But anyway, realize that this is not the end of your life. It's the end of a portion of your life's journey, but it's actually a new beginning. And it's certainly a new beginning for me as we've, we've talked about so far. So the verse that God put on my heart, the first one he put on my heart about this one was what I consider my life's verse. I'm sure that a lot of your followers and you will know Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have made for you, you know, not plans to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. And when you think about that as your life journey, retirement is just one aspect of a, of a continuum on your life journey, and it shouldn't be considered the end of, of, of anything. And this is what scares people, is they don't know, as it did this gen gentleman who came to me, they don't know what to expect afterwards. And I, th what I'm saying here, what the Bible says, just trust in the Lord. He's already mapped out your plan for your life, and uh, he's, he knows what's gonna happen for you, and he's taking care of you. He is giving you a hope. He is giving you a future, so you don't need to worry about retirement being the end of something. It's actually a new beginning. Hmm. That's it. That's awesome. The other verse, real shortly, on the first aspect about praying about it is Proverbs sixteen nine, which says, 
The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Again, this is in the same uh, venue as what I said before, that the Lord has already planned your life out for you. All you have to do is uh, pray to him and, and, and rest in that. So that was what the first point is, is praying about it. Very first step before you make a decision about retirement. How long do you feel like you prayed for it before you felt like you got the timing? I mean, I know down here you've got a timing a point, but how long did you feel like you prayed for it? Not enough. Not enough? Not enough. Um, I probably prayed several times. And what people will tell you in generic terms is that when you start thinking more about retiring than you are the job you're in, it's probably time to retire. <laughs> and you do get to that point. I do that a lot, but I can't retire. <laughs> yeah, not yet. So it, it, it does come down to uh, what, what's, what God puts on your heart. And so there were several times I prayed about it. I actually just, as an aside, I had decided to retire. So I had made a decision to retire uh, July 1st of 2016. And I thought, you know, kind of in the middle of the year, there was a, a young man was going to come in behind me and I was going to be able to help him out. I was going to go July 1st of 2016. And then I was asked by the company to, to stay on for six more months. So that actually gave me another six months to think about it, pray about it. And retiring at the end of a, calendar year is actually a pretty good time to do it because you kind of glide into holiday things and Christmas things and it was it was pretty good the way it worked one out. more Christmas party that was about it yeah. <laughs> um what do you so do you I may come back to that question because I see as I'm looking down your 10 things I'm seeing how pray about it kind of umbrellas what what these other ones are right so well, that's why exactly that's why I had it first yeah and and so, because my question would want to be like, what specifically were you praying about? Like timing, um, you know, the plan. God, do you have? Do I? What do I worry? What do I stress about? What do I not have prepared for this? Things like that. And so, I, I guess we could just. That's what you prayed about was the next nine things. So there's there's my answer to that. So number exactly. two, exactly. So number two, after you've prayed about it and realize that God has a plan for your life and that you can rest in that. Number two would be reflect on how you have been forgiven and blessed by God. You know, many people never even make it to retirement, you know, in terms of whether they, you know, have health issues or family issues or on-the-job issues or whatever. Uh, I think you need to re we all need to reflect how, how we have been forgiven and, and blessed by God. And, and the scripture here and I'm going to be flipping to this, would be 2 Corinthians 5.17, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. And so by, you know, by believing in Christ, you've already been made new. You've been forgiven. And uh, I, I think if we reflect on, on that, the rest of the decision on retirement uh, becomes kind of a non sequitur. It, it's pretty easy to do. Is it? Do you feel like this being number two, this is a this is a heart set and a mindset and a soul set to be able to address all the other ones, right? So you're aligning, you're aligning with what, number one and two seem very um, spiritual versus logical. As I look at the uh, the next the next ones, they they start to be evolve to logical, to where when I when I pray and I'm reflecting through that prayer that I've been forgiven, what what works God has done in my spiritual life, my physical life. And in my physical life, how he's blessed me with a career. What I'm doing is I'm getting my mindset and my heart set ready to, to take on the other ones. Is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly. That's a great segue to the other verse I'm going to quote here on this item is 
is Second uh, Corinthians four sixteen through eighteen. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner me- inner man is being renewed day by day. And so mm. you're going to see this as I think as I get through the rest of these um, by the book life journey uh, points is this is the way I think we should approach any of our life journey crossroads, right? Is praying about it, reflecting, and then the rest becomes sort of uh, not mechanical, but, you know, after, after you've prayed about it and you reflected on it and you rest in Christ, the rest will flow as to the details. I, I just like thought of a great like subtitle for your book. So I, I view, um, I view you as this, like I said before, this someone I dramatically respect and look up to in all areas of my life, except looks. Um, uh, but um, you said um, the, your life's journey, and, I, and what's really cool is I like I, I just just hit me was the the journey of an exceptionally average man. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I just yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's. So on on the you know you you brought up the ver- Paul talking in Second Corinthians about this, um, and that that's, that Second Corinthians four sixteen through eighteen was like, I automatically heard it in a different light, as what we're talking about here, about the the outer physical decaying, but the inner being renewed. I, I got to say these questions because they're on for other sure. points. So I, yeah, I apologize for for de- I have been for good. derailing this because um, I, I know you're going to get there and I, I mm-hmm. yeah okay so number three. As you say is uh, know when it's time. Exactly, know when it's time. And again, the, all of these verses, I I hope and will, will kind of jump to everybody's the front of their mind when when you read them. But uh, I, and I mentioned this before that when you start thinking as much or more about retirement than you do the job you're supposed to be doing, it's probably time for you to retire. But you know this this is a very famous verse uh, verses set of verses Ecclesiastes three one through thirteen and. And I, I'm just going to read a couple of them, and you'll yeah. know exactly what it is. is. There is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event hmm. under heaven, a time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to shut shun embracing, a time to search and a time to give up as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear apart and a time to sew together, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What profit is there to the worker from that in which he toils? I have seen the task of the life which God has given the sons of men with which to occupy themselves. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also set eternity in their hearts, yet so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and to do good in one's lifetime. Moreover, that every man who eats and drinks sees good in all his labor. It is truly the gift of God. Hmm. And I, I know that gets thrown out a lot now. Like that's a that's a, a hip thing to say is there's seasons, you know, and that there's seasons of busyness, seasons of this, seasons and of this. And there are seasons, and there are seasons, and and there are. I think I think what's hard for us is to look at look at seasons in a broader sense of a totality of season, because it does feel like that's ending. 
and, and how do you, how do you wrestle with the truth that you have an ending and a beginning? One of the things I was going to mention again, because we kind of this conversation, we're thinking a lot alike here. It sounds like is that I don't believe in coincidences in life. I just don't. And, uh, so for example, when this gentleman came to me and had this inquiry and it started this whole thought process about this series about living by the book, I thought, well, that, that's not just a coincidence. And, uh, and what, what I'm reminded of constantly is uh, God's timing is perfect. You know, we can't decide necessarily on our seasons. In some respects, you can if they're physical and, you know, things that we can do. But the, the seasons that we go through, uh, again, I go back to Jeremiah 29, 11. Our, our life seasons are planned for us. We may not think so. We like to think we're in control of all of our seasons. But to some extent, we are. But to some extent, in an eternal sense, we're not. So on the question of knowing when it's time, did you... Do you feel like you were pretty, pretty? I actually, good question, Cody. I actually felt like I went maybe a year too long or two years, one of years too long. And, you know, I was involved in some high, high profile projects in the Pacific Northwest, which, you know, uh, I think I let that maybe, uh, you know, I don't know what the word is. I think it let, let me think too much about that project that was the driving factor for a while of what i should have thought about hmm. yeah I, I think i was two years out too long not thinking back about it oh two years mm-hmm. wow because mm-hmm. i could have gone you know you can i could have gone at 60 right i went at 65 i guess but i could have gone at 63 and had the same pretty much types of things set up so. um do you feel like that do you ever do you ever regret in that or just maybe like yeah i could have no it's it's funny. It's not funny, but it's it's true now because I regret it now more than ever. Now that I'm starting this new series and had, you know, this place in my heart that, you know, I'm I'm, I'm behind. Like I said, I could have done this two years ago, so I got to catch up. Gotcha. <laughs> I've got more questions on that then. Um, number four. What you got for the next one? Number four. You've prayed this up. You've reflected what God has done in your life. You know it's time. Now it's start. Start your planning. Uh, make sure you have the resources to retire. And uh, the verses here, well, we'll get to these real quickly. Yeah. And go ahead. Yeah. So uh, plan ahead. I actually do have a couple of questions okay, about. Go ahead. Bob. Because I, I know you're going to talk about spiritually on this and, and kind of and logistically. And I do, I do have questions logistically okay. of, again, you're exceptionally average man. <laughs> um, when did you... When people say plan ahead, I'm going to watch, you know, Edward Jones commercials during the NCAA finals that tell me that I need to plan ahead now. But I've watched those for 20 years and I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's a long ways down the way. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious of when when you feel like wisdom tells us to start planning ahead. It's It's a natural cutoff from point number three. Once you've realized, okay, it's time you got to get serious about planning. And I think the first thing you do is find somebody else who has retired or other people and uh, talk to them and ask them what they did in terms of planning, what they, what they should have done and talk to other people who've already been through this and then learn from their experiences. And then after that, you know, it's, it's looking at your own resources and, you know, if you want to hire a financial planner, I think that's a good idea. 
Uh, that, that depends on your own circumstance. But I think right. the main thing is just to talk to other people who have done it. Other Christians would be good. That is there is there a net, okay. just like this gentleman did with me, right? Is there a network of that? I don't. Uh, there probably is. I didn't know one. I just knew people. It was a big company, BNSF. I knew other people that I have been friends with who had retired, so it was easy for me to find. But um, the, the reason I'm I ask, not sure there's a network. The reason I ask that is because I feel like you and you know um, my stepfather-in-law Bill have successfully navigated pretty well the transition into retirement. But you guys, especially you, you guys, tell me and I hear other stories of people not navigating it well. I have. I've heard that. And uh, I tell you, it, it can be very serious. You can have physical problems if you're not prepared and you jump into retirement without planning for it, having something to do, which we'll talk about again a little later on here. It can be uh, mentally, spiritually and physically very, very challenging. And people ask me because the things I worked on were pretty intense. And, you know, gee, do you miss that? And no. And I thought I would. I, I thought that was good. That was my biggest concern when I was at step one about praying about it is, you know, take away this burden of having to get things done all the time and leaving something on the table for somebody else to do. I have not thought about that one time. Really? I really have not. And okay. So I got, golly, you're just leading me questions. Okay. So you've got, so we're at, we're at plant. Where are we? So we're, we're planning ahead okay. make sure you have the resources to retire. And I'm looking at uh, Proverbs 15 verse 22. Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. Again, you know, go find somebody that has been through this. You know, find a good Christian man. You know, man on man, as iron on iron, right? So find someone who's been through it, a Christian who's been through retirement, and uh, see how they have navigated that. The other one, go ahead. Yeah, what's interesting about that that you say that is, I have we had some friends over for dinner, and we're just talking through stuff and. Um, the friend gave me the advice of creating my own, and, and I, we're going to talk about this, I know, during the other topics, but creating my own board of men. And so I've started doing that where I rotate. So like on Monday, I spend five minutes talking to That's one good. guy, and, he, and we just pray together. And on Tuesday, I, I, I do that. And what's what's funny is I know that it's it's God-ordained, and, and, and what's funny, you can always tell something's God-ordained if you find resistance to it. And I found resistance of just Satan, like trying to roadblock it, trying to roadblock my attitude. But do you think that would, that's part of that plan ahead is, is you're saying, go get counsel on your resources and things like that. I don't think we do that enough, especially as men. I'm saying that God says it as well. So absolutely. You have to have, I just think it's essential more and more in the culture we're in today, especially that you have this small cadre of, fellow believers that you can relate to share with and it's you know it's harder for men to do that to share I yeah think that's probably another topic for another day is it's a little easier for women i think to, to share their feelings and do things where men have to feel like they're strong and can handle everything and, and we can fix it and we can't and so yeah, absolutely we need to do that okay oh you were on i'm, I'm still on planning ahead the last verse on this one is philippians chapter one verse six for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. So again, you know, it kind of relates back to the first thing about uh, praying about where God's got this planned already. And so he's, you've got a helper. The Holy Spirit is helping you. You don't have to plan this on your own, that God is going to help you in this regard as well. Um, and I, and I, what's, what's really great about all these verses 
in having this is that I think a lot of times we just generically throw these things out because it looks like it will take that. But if you actually break that down, that he's perfecting it, right? Like, like it, you don't retire and then he's done perfecting you. Um, which, which is a good thing and a, and a bummer. (laughs) Um, and so like you really have to really look at the scripture and go with it and see how, what's, what it's actually saying, what the true meaning of it is and how it's actually applied there. Don't just Jeremiah 2011. Yay. makes me feel good. You know, no, this is, this is truth that you wrestle with the purpose of this whole series. Yeah. It's not just slapped on there on a bracelet somewhere or on, you know, hand painted on barn wood in your house, you know, exactly. number five, number five. It's okay. Now you've prayed this up. You reflected, uh, how much you've been forgiven and blessed by God. You know, when it's time you've done some planning, you've talked with some other, uh, believers and other people about retiring. Now it's time if you're married to discuss it with your spouse and look at it this way. You will be uh, having more time with your spouse after you retire. So she, she or he definitely needs to be included in this. And so the scripture here, uh, there are two of them. The first one is Ephesians 5, verse 25, which I think, again, will be a famous verse. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. And, you know, I think that kind of goes without saying that, mm. You know, loving and re- respecting your wives, you, they have to be uh, a party to any of these life journey decisions, uh, not the least of which would be retirement. Can I, as you turn to the next verse, because I love that you're actually like flipping through your Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is, it, is, it, is it weird to have that so low? Where you would not have her as a part of the process earlier in that no, with some I, of the other things? I, I, I think that's a good point. I think uh, it could move up, but I think individually I felt like I had to get with God first mm. before I could approach Donna Ray. Uh, I think maybe after I had prayed about it, uh, I don't know. I still had to do, I don't know. I still had to pray about it. I had to reflect. I had to make the decision. Uh, but no, that's a very good point. Well, and every when, when you bring your spouse in to pray with you for these things, uh, perhaps it could be earlier. But if you haven't gotten right with God first, I wouldn't want to bring her in. But at some point earlier, yeah, I think it depends on the marriage depends. too, doesn't it? it? Depends because because there are some marriages where like I want a little bit more of a plan before you bring me into it. You know, because sometimes know. we communicate right. a thought and 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 they're thinking we've planned it, but then we don't, and that kind of creates well, friction and well here and let me let me also say this i mean this is a chronological list um it's like the bible right the bible's not written <laughs> chronologically either right right so these Th- this isn't a blueprint necessarily not necessarily a blueprint but uh i think that's a very good point i think you should bring your spouse in as early as possible to pray with you okay things. absolutely i agree but i also see where there are some marriages and not good or bad where if you bring them in too early they're thinking you've already mapped things out. And if you have it and you're just asking for there, prayer and there's clarity, that, there's that, or you could make a decision based on what you think your spouse wants based versus what you think God wants for you. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Holy so here, cow. Sorry. That's really good. So here's Genesis chapter two. Now we're going clear back to Genesis on discussing retirement <laughs> with your spouse. Genesis two, verse 24 For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother 
and he be joined in his wife, and they shall become one in flesh. This was our marriage verse when Donna Ray and I got married. Awesome. The, the two become one. And so, again, that just solidifies this whole point about discussing these important life journeys, all of your journeys with your spouse. And I'll say this when we talk about marriage, but for me, God, God gave women the ability to just be great temperature gauges of what's going on in life. You know, Allison is, she's the temperature gauge of if we're too busy as a family, if we need to slow down, if we need family time. Like it just, it just seems like God gifted women to know that. So, so yeah, so she, they have to be included. If you fly solo in this, I can see tripping up so much. Exactly. So, um, this, this is the one I want to spend, if, if, we're, if you're okay with this, I do want to spend a little time on because this is when I have four questions written down on this. Number six, you have, have something to do in retirement. This one I should have placed in bold yellow highlighter because this is what the man who approached me in the first place was struggling with. This was his issue, is having something to do in retirement. So it's interesting that you... You say that, Cody, because this is this is what started the whole thing. Wow, that's amazing. And so you have uh, rely on God through the Holy Spirit to help you is what you have under that. And and I'm, and I'm intrigued. So I I will let you a- answer this or kind of talk about it. And then I will come with my questions because you may answer sure. them. Questions plural. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. So the first verse that God put on my heart having something to do in retirement was Proverbs chapter 16, verse nine, which reads, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. I got this again. You don't have to read it. You can just start okay. after reading it. All right. Okay. And so as we're gonna see again, as we finish out this topic, uh, if the Lord's directing your steps, you don't have to rely on yourself to figure out what you're going to do in retirement. He is directing your steps. He will show you uh, things that if you truly pray about this and believe in him and trust that he will do what's best for you, he will direct your steps into what to do after retirement. And that's that's the idea of just submitting and asking. Exactly. Exactly. Which is a whole other series we get into. The other verse is John 14 verse 26, which says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring your remembrance all that I said to you. And I think one of the aspects of the Christian faith, which is the most under, misunderstood and mis, or least appreciated, is that the Holy Spirit is a helper. You know, the, part of the Trinity that we really don't talk about, the breath of God, the Holy Spirit is your helper and when we pray to God and ask for his intervention in our lives and when we need help it's the Holy Spirit he's our helper and he will help you again when you start making these decisions about what you're going to do in retirement or any of your life's journey crossroads the Holy Spirit is there as our helper hmm. and relying on that and and, and looking for exactly. it exactly so Okay, so here's where I want to spend a, f- a few minutes on okay. because I think this is the, the biggest questions that I have. So one is, because I think this is the biggest struggle, and I think that's why God directed that, that divine um, appointment with you and that gentleman in this. Um, where do I want to start? Because I have five things on this. So one is, 
um, with the verses that you were reading, do you think that there's this concept of calling versus vocation? And so what I mean is when you, when you're retiring, you're leaving your vocation, you're leaving what you make a paycheck to, but that doesn't mean that a calling is ending what God's wants for you, what you've been doing and what he has for you next. No, exactly. Do those lines get blurred and that's why people struggle with that? Well, I, I don't, there are, there are several friends of mine who are very strong believers will say that their biggest platform for witnessing is at work. Mm. I, I don't know that you should separate out those two. But I guess with the vocation ending, does it feel like then the calling should end if that's your biggest platform or how you're walking through that? And and I may be viewing this from I, ministry side where they're, yeah, they're the same so. thing. Maybe, maybe so, but I, I just don't see it as as a black and white division point. Okay. I really don't. I see it as a continuum is if you're walking the walk, you know, it doesn't stop or change when you leave your job or your vocation, your calling is still the same. That's just your, the calling is the umbrella. What you're doing is retirement or post-retirement is just, you know, the raindrops falling on the umbrella. Okay. Part of it. Yeah. So then do you think, uh, let me tell you a quick example. Yeah. I was uh, at the coffee pot, you know, like everybody does at the office. Right. And I would, and I was a man that I've known for years, worked with him. And uh, he said, you guys really sounded good last week. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you're in the choir at Denton Bible Church. I didn't even know he went to Denton Bible Church. And so, you know, and, and you as much as anybody, and Don Ray, were talking about, Don Ray and I were talking about this last week, that there's so much more pressure, responsibility is the better word, on teachers, on ministers, and worship ministry, like being in the choir. You know, if he would have seen me in the office cussing out somebody or doing something untoward at work, yet he sees me up there singing praise music to the Lord, I, I could have just undone. Undone his. I could have just ruined. It. He said, "You know this this Christian thing." So you, you have to be very careful. You know how you uh, manage it. But again, to me, the calling goes throughout your life, whether you're working or not. I agree. I. Th- I, I know I it's different for a non-ministerial person like me. Well, and, and that's why I wonder if, I guess my question, I worded my question wrong. You did answer it. I think I worded it wrong where you think people get that confused. They don't see it as an, as an arcing umbrella. And so they feel like with one's ending, they struggle with, with right. the other ending and it shouldn't. I guess that's kind right. of where I was going with that. Because right. I, I think you're right. And I, yeah, I, I agree with you and, and Donna that, um, man, even coaching the kids' soccer team, I have to coach a certain way knowing every, every parent knows where, what I do for a living and where I go to church. It changes, which it should, right? Like Christ in me should change how I coach. And I shouldn't need to go, well, they know where I work, but it, there is, there is a weight to it. Definitely. Um, Absolutely. so what about, uh, a couple things? Um, do you think this is hard if your identity is in your work and not in Christ? You know? leaving le- retiring and having something to do is difficult if your identity is in your work and not in Christ. Absolutely. I think if your identity is in anything other than Christ, you're going to have problems. Did you struggle with that? No, I, other than what I had said before, I felt a little, you know, you know me, I, I felt a little responsibility to finish out the job I was working on, but that, that wasn't an either or with me. It really wasn't an either or. Uh, you know, the bigger, bigger and would be finishing the race. That's what I want to do. 
finish the race that Paul's talking about. Not exactly. Not the rat race. Not the, not, no, not the projects I was working on. Gotcha. Do you see? Do you think that's what other people would struggle with? Is their identity being in their work? I think so, and I think that's why this series hopefully will help them. What's interesting, I want to add this real fast. What's interesting about this is that we've had a conversation at, at church lately about if your ministry is your identity, you're overprotective of that ministry, you're defensive of it, and you you create a silo in that. And so even your ministry can't be your identity. You not only create silos, you create conflict, divisions, and it can be uh, counterproductive. Awesome. So then... I mean, I, 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 yeah, sorry we're sticking on this, but I think uh, it's okay. So you, you've made two comments. I do have another, I do have another question that is, um, it doesn't seem like you're doing, which is checking out of ministry. And basically when I say that, I mean serving in a local church, checking out. It does seem that one of the issues that, that revolves around our church is as people hit the retirement age, that 60 plus they start to check out and serving in a local church. Hmm. They're like, I did my time. Really? I'm going to go hang out. I would have thought it would be the other way around where as you get older, you are drawn to the church, man. It not, not so at all. Really? And I'm trying like, it's a, it's a struggle. Hmm. Uh, it's a big issue of wow. how to, how to, how to navigate that. And so I wanted to ask you about that. Hmm. Um, give you, let you, marinate on that for a second because it's, it is an issue. Um, like I don't have, I'm the, am I the oldest? I may be the oldest person on my student leadership team. Maybe if not, I'm close. I don't think anybody's, no one's over 45. Maybe we have one that's over 45, but again, you know, or even, even the idea like we've shared with, I do the guys trip to Kansas on your property every year. And the heart of that is that men's ministry is typically older. And, but those guys aren't bringing the younger guys into the men's ministry and helping. Like, I don't know all this stuff and you've lived it and have the bumps and bruises. Can you help me? But it seems it's like so they important. just get, it's so important. They want to, when, when, when they get to that retirement age and older, they're like, I served in the church. I've already been in the nursery. I'm done. Mm. I, I can't keep up with students. The truth is students would love it. They don't want a parent, but they'll totally listen to someone who models their grandparent but they just, they're gone and, and it's, it's hard to get them back. Um, and so we talk about that a lot. I don't know the answer to that. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Well, I'm already thinking ahead about a, another topic. <laughs> good. Good. I wanted to throw that out there. Um, you know, are we doing something? Am I doing something as, you know, not shoulder tapping and asking and trying to include, you know, what is it? Um, the other thing you made two comments earlier, playing catch up and, uh, not, I wrote down not missing not missing out, I think is what I, what I wrote down. I can't read my handwriting. But you made those, those questions. So when you talk about having something to do, playing catch up, it sounds like you've walked through a lot of this, maybe not completely successfully, but you have walked through a lot of this and, and God's helped you through that. With the planning for planning, um, having something to do in retirement, is this part of, and then what else has God given you to do? And what do you mean by playing catch up? Well, I, what I meant by saying playing catch up is I felt like I haven't done enough in my life in terms of sharing the gospel, uh, witnessing to other men, especially younger men, which I'm trying to catch up now 
and doing those types of things, doing some of the Lord's work now that I should have done earlier in my life. You don't have to answer this, but I'm going to ask it. Well, you don't have to put it on the podcast either. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, uh, what were the roadblocks? What were the hurdles? Uh, my own, uh, as I said before, being a conflict avoider, uh, maybe the way I was raised, uh, I'd have to think about that. Uh, fear of uh, retribution, fear of not being liked, and all those types of things. And you're driven. You're a very driven person. And so you're, and, and you're committed. You're just like your daughter. You're driven and you're committed mm-hmm. and, and you're a hard worker. And so, uh, by the way, thank you for putting that in her. Um, but, uh, so, so you have your job, you're going to drive at it. And right. so, so that's, that could, and that's a, that's a, a genuine conflict of interest a little bit, you know, that's not a, it's different though. In, in a job context, you're, you're dealing with, again, you know, physical things, projects, data. Uh, there's, there's, I got pretty emotional in some of the projects cause they're the public got involved in some of the projects. But what I'm talking about is more of this person to person interaction and again, you know, being vulnerable, those types of things that men have struggled with anyway. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the challenges I had. Okay. Yeah, and those are those are good self-reflective things that I think we, I, I think what, a lot of what you're bringing up when we start moving into the spiritual aspect on your list here is don't like don't wait. I don't. I shouldn't wait to start praying some of the things, asking some of the things, and looking for those opportunities. I shouldn't wait. I should be doing that now. I think they, they've they've been highlighted to you as this as this transitional season for you, but I think the the advice is that don't I don't wait don't wait till I'm at that point that God's doing that now, and so in the same way mm-hmm. it doesn't end. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's there are, there are passive ways to share the gospel just by the way you live your life. For example, to your kids and your grandkids, I think that's 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 fine. But I think what I'm talking about is more of an active uh, sharing of the gospel, being more active in personal interactions, vulnerability, sharing my uh, failures, and uh, providing some sort of roadblocks that I think will be helpful for the success of people. Awesome. So number seven. So we've done this now. We've prayed about it. We've reflected on how we've been forgiven and blessed. We decided it's time. We've planned ahead. We've discussed it with our spouse. We know that we will find something to do in retirement as we're led by the Holy Spirit. Now, you've, you've gone this far. The, the point number seven is you don't look back. Mm. Uh, regrets are not an option. You've made a decision, and it's time to move on. And so uh, three scriptures in, in this regard. The first one is Second Corinthians 7, verse 10, which reads, For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. So don't mm. wallow. Don't wallow in your sorrow. Uh, don't get to that point because it's it's not helpful or, or, or at all. The other one is Ecclesiastes seven verse ten. Do not say why is it that the former days were better than these, for it is not from wisdom that you ask about this. Again, dwelling on the past. Uh, you, Obviously, you want to learn from your mistakes in the past, but dwelling in the past is not helpful. Romanticizing the past. It does that, but it just diverts you, distracts you from the things in the present day and and future things. Do you you think fear drives that? 
if you don't know what's ahead, then fear is absolutely. driving. A- absolutely. Uh, absolutely fear drives it. And this is why I have it as one of the 10 items here that you've got to recognize that up front and deal with it. Wow. I, n- I never would have thought about that, 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 that looking back that you can get trapped in the look back. And almost like a, okay. So look at me on this. Did you, did you mourn that you're, that you were, did you, was there a mourning period where you were like my, this part of my career or whatever was over? Only in the beginning. When I first was up, when I was at step one praying about it, <clears throat> there was some mourning there because I just, you know, wasn't sure. And I was just thinking about it. I've enjoyed what I was doing. So that was the only point. Hmm. But after I'd prayed about it, that was it. Never another Never, never look back after that, man. You, you, you and your, it's funny. You and your daughter are so much alike because that's she, that's how she would be. And I'm so, you guys are so black and white and I'm so just <laughs> convoluted that I would have to pray that don't look back through every step. But you guys are just so, here we go. That's awesome. Make a decision and, and stick with it. God, it's so incredible. Um, the last verse on this one, don't look back is Philippians three verses 13 through 15. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and marching forward to what lies ahead. Hmm. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. Hmm. Kind of summed it up right there, I think. Philippians yeah. three thirteen through. And the first half of that, if I'm walking through this, is is probably what I'm. I'm posting Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and I'm posting, um, thirteen, mm-hmm. mainly on a mirror every day. Mm-hmm. Don't look back. Look forward. All right, you, you got to the end of what I was going to say. But I'm going to say it now. When you mentioned yeah. the word mirror, uh, I think the next session we'll do, uh, by God's grace, if you're willing to do it, will be on education. And there was a quote that you'll see in that, that uh, he said, education turns our mirrors into windows. And what I'm hoping through this series is that we have this mirror on ourselves, and we, we are constantly occupied with ourselves, what we've done, our past. And I'm hoping by this series we can turn those mirrors and get the reflection off of ourselves and to windows so we can look out onto God's creation, his plan for our lives, witnessing to others, and get the focus off of ourselves. But I think that's where, unfortunately, culture is right now. It's a me-generated culture. You know, it brings instant gratification. It's technologically expedient. It's easy. It doesn't involve a lot of uh, vulnerability or, or investment of ourselves. And we, I just think that we need to get the focus off of ourselves, get this mirror off of ourselves and turn those mirrors into windows. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there. That's just, I think that's, I'm going to, I wrote that down so I can start trying to do that. That's really good. So don't look back. Number eight. All right. You have. Number eight. After we've prayed about it, reflected, we've decided it's time. We've planned, we've discussed it with our spouse. We know that uh, we're going to find something productive to do in retirement. We're not going to look back and have any regrets. Now, similarly to item number seven with regrets, don't worry about it. 
there are so many verses. In fact, at one point, uh, Donna Ray, my wife, had put a, because uh, I had become a bit of a worry wart, uh, and it, it's not productive either. She put up about six or seven scriptures that she printed off and put on a, on a hang it on the wall about worry. And this one I'm quoting here is from Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. I probably won't read all of that, but you'll get the gist of it. The Lord said, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? Hmm. And I could read the rest of it, but I thought that pretty much that verse particularly right there is probably my second life verse. Do you have two life verses? I guess you can, yeah, right? I, I, this would be my second one. It would be Matthew 6, verse 27. And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? You can't do it. And uh, so don't look back and don't worry about it. See, that verse... Like that 27 has it, the context changes when you're talking about retirement. Because for me and, and younger versions of me, it's like, like, yeah, but that's like, I don't need to worry about not adding years till I'm a lot older. But the truth is, is that what, what it's saying is, yeah, you're not going to add any hours, but you're also not going to add anything. You're not going right. to add life to your life. It's, it's, exactly. it's a drain. That's exactly right. And there's a difference, I think, between worry, which is just wasteful, and concern. Because I think concern mm. is, is valid. I think that is something that if you don't dwell on it to where it becomes a worry, at least you're thinking about it so that you can go to the resources that the Bible gives you and uh, go for that. In fact, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but you can go on YouTube now and do anything. I, I'm not mechanical, as you well know, and my family well knows. I actually fixed a motor of my chainsaw up in Kansas at the barn up there because I found a YouTube video showed me how to do it. <laughs> you can Google anything for answers. The Bible is the same thing. The Bible, this probably should have been at the beginning of our discussion. The hmm. Bible is the Google for your life. The Bible reaches every aspect of your life and is the greatest resource you will ever have. Amen. And can I, can I add on to your concern versus worry? Man, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. There's gotta be some quote that someone a lot smarter than us has said, and it's been tweeted and it's been painted onto something that that's like concern leads to prayer and worry leads to death or something, you know, like there's gotta be something right. that's like that. And I think that's probably the difference or worry, worry, worry can lead to even paralyzation. Exactly. Where you're not going to, you're not, you don't do anything. You just want to go in your bed because mm -hmm. you're so worried about it. Um, yeah. Don't worry about it. A little easier said than done, but I think that's, I could see worrying about it in this stage. Uh, number nine, Practical. Okay, I keep reviewing it. We've, we've prayed about it. We've reflected. We know it's time. We've planned. We've discussed it with our spouse. We know it's something we're going to be doing that's productive. We're not looking back or worrying about it. Now, kind of a practical issue towards the end here is give your employer 
ample notice. Uh, they provided for you and your family for 41 years or however many years <laughs> someone has worked for a specific employer. So I think we need to be uh, mindful of that. So a couple scriptures here, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than men. And so, you know, don't get so hung up on uh, the task. You're doing it for your boss. You're doing it for the company, for the bottom line. You know, do all things to the glory of God. The other one is the First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, which says, whether, you, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, which I just, I guess I just said that. Uh, this was another set of verses that Don Ray put on a, a wall hanging one time. That, uh, and that's probably another topic for another day as well is uh, how to work uh, successfully and what does that mean? I think that would be a good topic. I think so too. Um, There's a lot to unpack there. The, and I'm trying to not unpack <laughs> it. Um, I know it's hard. When it's, I feel like the underlying thing here is respect. Exactly, exactly. If, if, if Don't, and and leave gracefully. Like we, we you know, we've had the, the I've had the career journey. We've had the career journey for myself of, of going for, you know, saying goodbye to a couple of different ministries and going to a different church and stuff. And our goal has always been to leave gracefully. I don't know if we've always done that. I think we have, but you want to leave gracefully. Don't, don't burn bridges, be respectful. And so when you're saying give employer ample notice, you're bringing at this is the stage after all of this, that you're bringing in them into the process of it so they can be prepared. So you're not leaving them high and dry. And like, it, what's funny is this is a big thing with millennials. Um, have you heard, I cannot remember the term of it, but the, um, the, the quiet quit. They just stop showing up. I'm not sure I've heard it n nomenclature like that nomenclature wise, but I have heard of that top of that topic. Yeah. Where they just, they just You're gone. They stop showing up to work. Yeah, they're just gone, and that's how they quit. Right. right. Yep. And I, and I think that that's it's not character, right? And so now this retirement's a bigger scale of that. But give your employee ample notice. And I think it's, they did provide for you. I think that loses. That's the other thing that loses traction right now. As I watch people work, like you should be grateful for your job. Cause you don't, you're not guaranteed one. That's right. And maybe I need to hear that too. <laughs> okay. And number 10. Okay. Our last point going to summarize. We've prayed it up. We're going to reflect on being forgiven and blessed. We know it's time. We're planning ahead. We've discussed with our spouse. We've decided that we know what the spirit's going to guide us in something to do after retirement. We're not going to look back or worry about it. We've given our employer ample notice and given them the respect we just talked about. Now it's time to celebrate. Hmm. Uh, you've earned this by God's grace and you know I was so thankful to Donna Ray and you and the family I did have a, a fantastic celebration for our retirement and it's going to be different for every individual right but we should celebrate uh, what we've done in that phase of our life and the scriptures here come from Psalm uh, 150 verses 1 through 6 which I'll flip to you real quickly here actually uh, the last psalm in the book Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with stringent instruments and pipe. 
Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And similarly, uh, Psalm 118, verse 24, which is very famous, I'm sure you'll agree, is, This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, you know, celebration of this phase of your life. Celebrate that the Lord has helped guide you to this point and that uh, you've earned it and that God's been gracious and you need to celebrate that. Hmm. And I think that's a, is that a looking forward or a looking back and a looking forward thing? Exactly, exactly. It's, it's, it's a, what, what's the deal on a picture on an iPhone where you take the picture and it's a full landscape, but it's the a, panoramic. Yeah, it's, it's a panoramic view. That's the word. It's a panoramic view of what's, what's gone on to that point of your life. I love how you summarize that with celebrate because you have the totality of the umbrella of prayer, which is going past, present, and future of that and covering everything that we're going. And then you want to celebrate at the end of that, celebrate the totality of, of all of it. Past, Absolutely. present, and future. It's celebration. It's uplifting and uh, it gives you encouragement to go forward. Encouragement to go forward. That's, I, I would think that would be needed as your, as a chapter is turning. Exactly. The encouragement to go forward and to celebrate. So, so now that you're here, right? Are you, do you still, are you still a little bit in, in the 10, the number 10 phase? It's the celebrate phase. I, I celebrate every day <laughs> just waking up. No, ser- no seriously. I, I do. I, I, uh, I, again, I, I'm a part of our uh, choir music ministry. I love music. I think music and you know this better than anybody leading uh, youth uh, worship minister. Uh, music is so powerful and I, I celebrate that every day. I celebrate being married to a good Christian woman, my family, I celebrate the, the sun, the rain. I, I try to celebrate everything because by the grace of God, all things uh, are created, and we're, I'm just glad to be a part of it. Yeah, and there's, I'm so excited to cover, to cover the other topics because I just feel like I have so much that, that we can all learn from you and and just knowing who you are inside, you know, out front and behind closed doors and I just have, I like, I could literally talk to you and ask you questions forever. And that's probably not a good thing for our livelihood, but, um, or the length of this podcast. Um, I told you it could go long. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't care if people can listen or not. Yeah, I, yeah. That doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> they can stop it and we re- can split it. Go to, um, but so, so we, I've asked you like regrets and you've, and, and you know, you said not really. And that's, that's awesome that God's allowed you to, to walk through that there. Um, we talked a little bit about what's next. So what what does retirement look like? F- oh, there's two questions. What does retirement look like for you? Pra- you know, practically and everything. And then is there anything that you were surprised by that you didn't see coming with retirement? The only thing that surprised me about retirement is a very superficial issue is, and I, this is a, you hear this all the time, but every day is Saturday. You forget what day it is sometimes, <laughs> except for Sundays. Other than that, no, I haven't been surprised. But as far as what I'm doing in retirement, and, and I, I will admit here, I still have my toe in the water. I'm doing some consulting. I'm trying to keep that minimal because I want to spend more time on on this by-the-book ministry, if you want to call it that, and obviously more time with my wife and my family with 
you know, and grandkids just soccer games, baseball games, cheerleading games, games, soccer so. games, baseball but, games, cheerleading and, games. And, and, yeah, and not busy up my life too much. And I've got to I've got to resist that, especially on the consulting side, because I just got that started and it's starting to take off a little bit more. And I've got to decide, you know, what kind of governors I want to put on that and how big I want that to get. Because I want to do it as long as I'm interested, but I don't want it to be back where I'm working full time again. So now, so now what's interesting is I hear you having the conversation that all families have of boundaries and priorities. And so some Pretty of it doesn't, some of it doesn't change. It doesn't change. It gets more intense when you're retired because people find you and uh, they know you're around, they know you're available. They, things find you, the spirit directs you. You do not have a lot of downtime. I haven't, let's put it that way. Well, and you've got a lot going on. That's, that's required a lot of your time, you know. Um, and I'm on some boards, which I was on before, and uh, you know I'm this overachiever type anyway. But <laughs> I'm getting off of uh, one of those boards May first, and so that's going to help a lot too. So do you have? Um, do you feel like you still have you? You have these this driven drivenness, work ethic, and everything. Do you still feel like you have vision and purpose? Yeah. I, I, in fact, I'm glad you asked that. It's exactly where I was going to go as we kind of wrap. This, this up is, you know, if I were to just quit the consulting and, and do the ministry full time, that would probably be okay. But I think by doing a little bit of the consulting and still staying in the world in that area, I think that helps the ministry, right? Because yeah. you're, you're dealing with real things and you can uh, witness and share the gospel during that consulting, which I've done. Uh, travel a little bit doing it that way as well and being on these boards. I think it all works together. I'm not sure. Again, I don't think this is an either or. I think this is that panorama of life we talked about that uh, it, I look at it. It's, it's another way that God has given me to to share the gospel and to reach people. Yeah, I think I think that's so important because I think there's there's people that are nervous about this topic because they feel like vision gets taken away and purpose gets taken away. Exactly. And it's like we've I've heard a, a lot lately that man, God God doesn't stop wanting to use you till you're dead. So get that out of your head. Like just completely get it out of your head. Exactly. Um, it's, God doesn't only use the young. When you think about that, rejoice in that. How, how, how uplifting that is, how freeing that is. Mm. So good. So I've got the poem. Are we ready for that yet? Yeah, let's do questions? it. Let's wrap. So this is my, uh, my first poem. They're all going to be the, pretty much the same syntax. It's not, not very long. But I will, I will read this and it's, go ahead. And I'll, I'll put um, the, the list okay. um, and the verses in the, in the, the, sh- the description um, so people can follow along if they want to ref- reference back to some of the verses sure. that you've read. Okay. So the poem is entitled Godly Retirement. It says, the years have passed, the time has come to find my labor's rest. I pray my Savior will agree I've given it my best. As I ask for his advice to help me find my way, suddenly I hear his voice, and then my master say, why are you now seeking as though I've been away? For I've been working for you each and every day. I formed you in your mother's womb, ere you were ever born. I even made a plan for you to follow every morn. I've worked beside you every day, your counselor, guide, and friend. Trust this new beginning, for I'm with you to the end. So there's no need to worry 
about what lies ahead. Just rest and find my comfort, my peace for you instead. Hmm. I love your poems. I remember the Christmas that I got one. I was like, yes. It meant a lot. It means a lot to all of us. So thank you for that. So you, you, we waited to record this mm-hmm. until you were able to meet with the gentleman that came to you and you could share this with him. Was it any, any thoughts on after getting to share that with an individual that's walking through some of this? We're still talking about it. Amazing. Ongoing discussion. That's awesome. That's really cool. I love, I love to hear that. Yeah. I love to hear that. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, we will be back soon in probably the next couple of weeks to talk a couple other topics. We, you mentioned two. We've got... Education's coming up. And I think education is so important right now in our society. Uh, that's number two. And the next is leadership. And we might bring Allison on for education just because yeah. I know she has a heartbeat for it. Yeah, and I've, I, you know homeschooled kid so don't don't have much to offer on that one um be surprised (laughs) or why it is important (laughs) um but then the leadership one i i love talking leadership um and that's a couple weeks ago or a couple episodes ago i threw out what's just asking what's the most one most important quality of 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 a leader and and uh i think allison threw that on facebook and she got ridiculous amounts of response and i just talked just randomly about those responses and what I thought too. And so um, I'm really excited to talk about that one, especially someone who knowing what you did for a living and, and all that, like I'm just excited to hear what you have to say about that. Um, hey, so again, thank you for your time. This is a long one. I hope you were able to, to listen to the whole thing. I hope we were entertaining. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more of a serious conversation, but I hope that you can see that, that God can relate it to anything and that, no matter what we're going through, we need to go back to God's word. That is, that is his number one way of communicating with us. And so we we need to go back there and rely on it and meditate on, on scripture and how beautiful and alive and active thing God's word is for us. So thanks for listening. Again, uh, we'll have some stuff in the descriptions, verses and things like that so you guys can follow along or go back and reference those for you. And uh, hey, we appreciate your time. You guys have a great, great day.